Well, praise God. While they're finishing up the offering there, I don't know if y'all have been visiting the bookstore. Uh, you know, I've told y'all about these little books. You've got to read. You've got to stir yourselves, little books. And this week, this month, we were uh, featuring Charles Caps. He's a great man of God. He's already gone on to be with the Lord, but uh, his books are still out, still preaching, still getting it done. And so we have those out there. How many of y'all in here have ever read uh, The Tongue of Creative Force? How many? Just get, lift your hands if you've read that. Not many. Okay. All right. All right. So I'm going to do some sewing here this morning. So y'all watch out. I don't want to hit anybody in the head with the book. Okay. But here you go. Right there. There you go. That's your book. Throwing out there. Now I got a big one, so y'all better really wake up. <laughs> I hit you in the head with this one. You're going to get hurt, okay? But uh, this is Charles Capp's book on faith and confession. There's also a workbook that goes with it. You know, folks, listen to me. You need to shut the TV off. You need to read something at night. I mean, that's the bottom line. Shut the TV off, read something. The, the, the revelational truth, and I always loved Charles Capps because he was a farmer. That's what he was. And then he was called into the ministry. And uh, so he has some simple, simple teachings here. But this book right here, if you've never read it, you need to pick it up, okay? So who's never read Faith and Confessions? Huh? You've never read it. Brother, you read it? Okay, here, this one's yours because I won't hit anybody once I get past you. Now, this one, God's Creative Power, little bitty book. Woo, read it in just a few minutes. So I don't know uh, who, who had never read this book. Here you go, right there, Chloe. There you go. I didn't make it. There it went. Godly people. All right. So the others are in the bookstore. Go pick them out and read them. Uh, we also have our, you know, we have these little faith confessions right here. So if you don't know what these are, they're free all over the place. These are just scriptures that I put down, printed up for you. You can use them as bookmarks, stick them in there, use them as your confessions. Folks, listen to me. I don't do this for fun. All right? I don't do this to, uh, you know, for whatever. I do it so that you can get set free. You take one of these little things and you start reading them and you get them in there Get them in your life. They're all over the place. There's some up here. There's some back there. They're all there. They're free. Take them. Give them to somebody. Take them to somebody. Put them in there. Because I tell you, even myself, my Bible, this is my Bible I read all the time. It's about wore out. Need a new one. But I use them as bookmarks. I put a couple in there. And then, you know, i got another couple over here. Here's two or three. And then I use these. These are part of my prayers and my confession as I'm going through in the morning talking to the Lord. Oh, Lord, I thank you for that, that one over there. You know, when I get it and I use them, that's what I do with them. I'm just giving you what I do. Plus, you know, we have the app, the Waterhole app. Talked to somebody the other day. They said, what do you, what? I never heard of that. I said, holy moly. So I'm, I'm pushing it this morning. We've got the Waterhole app. Just go in there, type in the Waterhole to your app store. If you've got Android or you've got an iPhone, download it on there. I mean, there's Bibles. There's all, all of these things are on there if, you do, if you're good doing electronic things. I'm not real good at doing electronic things myself. I kind of get lost, but I, I make sure that the app works and it's simple, you know, because I'm, I'm the guinea pig. I'm the one I said, I, I tell my daughter, I said, daughter, you got to change that I can't even find where it's at. And so uh, we'll try to make it as uh, apps for dummies. <laughs> so it's simple. So you can go there. Okay. Praise the Lord. We got to also have our daily Bible reading on there. Y'all know that it's on the app. You go to the app, do it. And then you can, you don't even have to go find your Bible. It's on the app. The Bible's on the app. I mean, you know, golly, it's simple. There's no way you just can, you, you, you know, whew. prayers, there's all kinds of prayers in there, all kinds of stuff. Um, see, if I told you all, like, there's a secret button in there that if you dig far enough, you'll find it. And then if you click on it, you know, $1,000 is deposited in your account. And all y'all would get that baby downloaded, <laughs> be looking. Might be. There might be in there. You'll just have to look and find it. Okay, so I've got a, a, a hot message this morning. Probably the best message I've ever preached in my entire life. Went up on the mountain of God, got it. And uh, so anyway, I want to start it this morning. It's going to be a couple of weeks, I'm sure. I don't know how fast. I'm going to go slow because I want this to sink into your brains as you're hearing it. So it's, it's called anointed to dwell. Now that, that could change in just a minute because that's, that's not the title I had just a few minutes ago. I changed it. <laughs> so anointed to dwell. I got on Psalms 91, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I read, did Psalms 91 with y'all, and then on Wednesday night I preached it again, and 
And I got to thinking about dwelling and all this, and then, I, and then the Lord just poof, downloaded this. So get your Bibles out. Go to Psalms 91. I'm not through with it yet. So while you're going there, I'm going to pray. Father, I just pray this message. Lord, I know what's burning in my heart. I know what's leaping inside of me. I know what I'm seeing in this. But Lord, I just pray for the anointing of God, the ability, the gifting to be able to preach it to the people today, everybody out there in the world that's listening, so that, that, that they will understand it like I'm seeing it, Lord God, or even greater. And so, Lord, I pray for them right now, and I pray for, my, for myself, Lord, the ability to preach this word and let the people hear what they need to hear today, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen. Okay, Psalms 91, verse 1. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. As I began to think about this, and you can go back and you can listen to the Wednesday night message when I was talking about what the word dwell means. Dwell means to stay there. Dwell does not mean to visit. Dwell means that you're, it's your place that you're staying, you're abiding, you're, you're there all the time. It's not a place that you just go to once in a while or even once a month. It's a place that you're staying. It's, it's, you're bound to it, okay? It's your dwelling. That's what the word dwell means. But I, I got to thinking about this. So saying Moses wrote Psalms 91. Okay. So think about Moses. Let's just think about him for just a minute. Moses wrote Psalms 91. So Moses is a guy. Y'all know Moses, right? And he, he delivered the children of Israel. God used him to get all the children of Israel out, cross the Red Sea, saw all these miracles, saw the Red Sea, saw the Red Sea come up and walked on dry ground before. Moses saw this. Moses went up on the mountain with God, got the Ten Commandments, saw God, was there with God, went back up there with the elders uh, of the group and sat down, had, had, had lunch with him. I mean, you know, I'm kind of paraphrasing this, but just go read it. It's there. And so... Moses is this guy that's had these major, major, major encounters with God more than anybody from Adam onward ever had with God. Moses had more encounters, I mean, face to face with God than Abraham did. Think about this dude. This guy was special. And so Moses, he writes this, he who dwells in the secret place of the most high shall abide in the shadow of the Almighty. Now you think about this. God told Moses to build a tabernacle, all right? This building right here is, is 100 and, yeah, it's 150 by 50 is what this, just this part of the building is. The tabernacle was roughly, this is just roughly, 100 by 200, okay? So imagine this building twice as wide and twice as long, almost, you know. That's how big the tabernacle was. And it was, it was, a, it was all portable. God gave Moses specific instructions on how to build it. It had floors in parts of it, nails. They had to pull every nail up of every board to take with them. And somebody was the nail keeper and the nail straightener. Have you all ever done that? Have you ever tried to straighten a nail before? It ain't too easy, okay? Somebody had to do that. This thing had curtains down the side. It had a certain amount of curtain rings per, you know, curtain. How many of y'all have ever had problems with the shower curtain staying on the rings? All right? I'm just trying to give you all some examples. These curtains are made of badger skin, and they were heavy, and you had to put these things all up. They had to have a certain amount of rods in them. There was a certain exact number of floorboards in this, you know, on, the, on the floor. There was, there was all this intricate stuff, and it had to be picked up and moved at a moment's notice. If the glory of God moved, the tabernacle of the Levites came together. Every group and family of Levites had a certain uh, duty. You know, one guy was just the, the, you know, the nail puller. One guy was the curtain taker downer. One guy was the this. One guy was the that. And they all had all this stuff. And boom, they pop that baby up, load that tent up, and move it. Now, that's a pretty big deal. Oh, and it was 10 foot tall. These walls are, are 12s. So it's almost as tall as this building, almost twice as wide, twice as long. Huge event, right? Now, the tabernacle was something really un unusual because there was three parts to it. There was what was called the outer court, and that's where everybody could come into. That's where you brought your sacrifice. And in the outer court, there was two, two uh, 
I'm going to call them pieces of furniture, but they weren't really furniture. They were bigger than that. One was the brazen lavern. Now, that's where they sacrificed the animal on. That was the giant barbecue pit. Okay? Now, come on, guys. How many of y'all ever been... Uh, let me just ask you. Raise your hand if you've ever barbecued. So I think that'd just be about just pretty much everybody, right? When you barbecued, did you get smoke in your eyes? Anybody that's ever barbecued, the smoke changed its direction and blew in your face at some point. Now you've got this brazen lavering out here. They're making sacrifices. They're burning animals. There's barbecue going on like you ain't never seen. So then... The other piece of furniture that was out there was the brazen laver, and it was a big, giant, basically, uh, big, giant fountain. Just just kind of describe it. It's just a big, giant bowl with fresh water in it that the priests who were just, I mean, folks, listen to me, they they were killing thousands of animals. Most of y'all who barbecued, all right, did not kill your animal that moment and then put him on the pit, all right? You were dealing with at least refrigerated meat, and it wouldn't bleed everywhere. The worst you got into was that you got the meat on the counter, and your wife said, good gosh, why did you get this bloody meat all over the counter? Happened to me. But we're talking about priests out there. We're talking about getting lambs. We're talking about draining all the blood out. We're talking blood everywhere. We're talking a mess. So they had them a wash pot. Go wash up. That was what was in the outer court. Now, anybody bringing a sacrifice could come in. You brought your sacrifice. You basically went up to the priest. I don't know exactly that it went exactly like this. I may be paraphrasing a little bit, but give me this one, okay? You went up to the priest and said, I was bad this week. (laughs) Brought two. Okay? Then you kicked him off the priest. He sacrificed your animals. You're absolved of your sin for doing that. All right? Then you walked outside the tabernacle. You didn't have anything to do with anything else. Inside, there was an inner court. And inside the inner court was only for the Levites. And only a certain kind of Levites. They did rotate it amongst them, but there was only certain families that could go into the inner court. Now, in the inner court, there was a table. And on that table, it had 12 loaves of bread representing the 12 tribes of Israel. They called it the showbread, okay? 12 loaves that were there. It was baked fresh every day, put on, on, on it had to be changed out every day, all right? Then there was uh, the, what, what they call now the menorah, which was the light, the seven, you know, um, bulb light that was made there. And uh, I'm missing something. The bread, the table, and the menorah. No, that was it. Uh, the bread, the table, the menorah. Oh, and the incense. The incense altar was in there, okay? So that was inside there. But then there was an inner court. I mean, the Holy of Holies is what they called it. Inside the inner court, there was a, another cubicle in there. And inside of there was the Ark of God. And that was the Holy of Holies. That was a box, three foot by three foot um, a three foot by three foot by six foot long, roughly again, box that had a, a, a lip around it, the top of it, had two angels that came up and oversaw it. And that's where they poured the blood out, the blood, the atoning blood once a year for the sins of all of Israel. So they're atoning outside for the people on their daily sins. They're atoning in here for the, for the blood, by the blood for, the, for once a year. Okay. Only person that could go in there was the high priest. Now, I told you all of that to get this to you. Once they set the tabernacle up, and once they brought the ark in, and once they put the ark in the Holy of Holies, Moses never went in because Moses was not the high priest. His brother Aaron was the high priest and his sons. So Moses himself never went inside the Holy of Holies and visited God after the tabernacle was put together. So he longed. He had been in the presence of God. He had been to the mountaintop. He had been up to Zion. He had dwelt with God, but now God was in that house over there. So Moses writes Psalms 91 and says, oh man, he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. He's longing to be in the presence of God. He's longing to be back there with God every day. So you think about this. 
He writes Psalm 71. It's so powerful, man. Just set, has set people free for, for ages, okay? And it was written from the longing of a man who had been with God. Now, remember Moses? Talks about that he put the veil over his face because he'd been up there and the glory had been upon him and, the, and he was shining. He was, he, was, he was glowing. He had been with God and the man was glowing. He didn't put the veil on his face so that the glory wouldn't, you know, shine out upon the people. He put the veil on his face because he didn't want everybody to see it fading. Now, listen to me here. Is your glory fading? In the middle of the trials and the tribulations and all the things going on in this world and the rocky seas and the, 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 the paths we have to navigate, I'm asking you this morning, is your glory fading? Or have you been dwelling in the secret place where the glory of God is and your inside of you is beaming? Now you think about this. There was one other thing that took place inside the tabernacle. Every day, the priests, when they were changing out the bread and stuff, they had this anointing oil. It was specifically made. You can go over and you can read it. Well, let me just read to you. It's in Exodus 30, 25. Mm, mm, mm. And you shall make from these a holy anointing oil, an ointment, a compound, according to the art of the perfumer. It shall be a holy anointing oil. With it, you shall anoint the tabernacle of meeting, the ark of the testimony, the table and all its utensils, the lampstand, the utensils, the altar of the incense, the altar of, of the burnt offering and all its utensils, the laver and its base. You shall uh, consecrate them that they may be most holy and whoever touches them must be holy. You shall anoint Aaron and his sons and consecrate them that they may minister to me as priests. And so here, this had to go on daily. This anointing oil they made. They made this special out of herbs. You can go into uh, Leviticus 8.10. It talks a little bit more about the anointing oil. But they made this special oil. And so the priests had to, first they had to anoint themselves. Okay, so that they became holy. Now just imagine this. Okay, like, yeah, I got a bottle of Purell up here. No, here's the anointing one. Okay, <clears throat> so just this oil. All right, it's just, it's anointing oil. All right, but imagine that if, that if I told you this, I'm not telling you this, I'm just saying that if I took this oil off, that this was the most holy oil, that we had dug it out of the tomb of Jesus, and if I took this and I put this on you and I put a, just put a dab on your head, you at that moment became totally and completely holy and sanctified, righteous before God, I mean, ready to go to heaven and walk right in there and say, hey, how you doing? That'd be pretty impressive, wouldn't it? That's what, they, that's what it was. To the priest at that, in, in, in that time in the tabernacle, when, when the priest came and he anointed the other priest, that dude was, how do you say it? I mean, that dude was ceremonially but spiritually right with God at that moment because God said whoever that anointing oil was put on became holy. Y'all following me here? See, we take too much of the supernatural out of everything. We don't believe in the supernatural. We don't think about the supernatural. We don't think about the spiritual. We live our lives because we're flesh people. We look at things. We look at what we see. We don't think about spiritualness. You don't even think about this morning that they, in this room right now, I guarantee that if your eyes were open and you could see, there's angels in here right now. I know it. You say, oh, brother, how do you know what you got to chill down your back? No, I mean, the Bible says that we have angels that are, that are watching us all the time. Some more than I prayed for the protective angels around the church. And there will be a being. So those dudes are here. They have to heed the word of God. I don't even need to see them physically. I know they're here spiritually because I know that when I prayed this morning, I said, angels, just loose you over the church to be there to watch over there and make sure everybody's protecting everything's good and everything's taking place. They're here. We don't see them, but I know they're here. I know they're here because the word's true. And I know the word says if we say they're here, they're here. If we told them to be here, they're here. Y'all with me? Come on. So my point is, 
We live in a life in the natural, and we're looking at everything in the natural, the natural, the natural, the natural. But these priests actually, I mean, came up and they said, here, you want something over here? Okay, whoop, put it on. Whoop, the dude's holy. Now, how important was this? Well, God said if anybody walked in the holy of holies that wasn't, you know, got the oil on them right and, and, and consecrated and sanctuary right, he'd kill them. Fire would come out. you. <laughs> So, I mean, I'm telling you what, you want to make sure that the, the, the perfume maker was doing it right. Hey, did old Charlie over there, he put the right ingredients in that stuff? That stuff's good? Yeah, it's good. Okay, well, it better be good. Kill me in there, but I won't come back and haunt you. <laughs> so they put the oil on them. So then they had to go in there. They had to take the same anointing oil. They had to go in there and anoint and touch the cups, the Utensils, the showbread, the table, the lampstands, the everything, y'all, right? Get everything in there sanctified. And then it was holy. Listen to me, church. Golly, Moses is this good. So, so I'm telling you, they were holy. Hear what I'm saying. They were no longer the mere mortal man that was a sinner. They were holy. Holy. Right with God. I mean, just... Could have just been sucked up to heaven and walked in and said, yep, I'm right. I'm good. Are y'all following me? I mean, this is supernatural. Everybody say supernatural. This is supernatural. The anointing oil touched them and they became holy because God set it up that way and he said it. All right. Okay. So. So now everything's straight in the tabernacle. Everything's been anointed. Everything's been done. This is the way they did it all the time. Right. And he said, look, anybody that's unholy better not touch anything that's holy. Because it's going to make them unholy. I'll kill them. And then whatever they touch now has become unholy. It's going to have to be anointed again. Okay? So, here's Moses. Moses is longing to be in the Holy of Holies. Moses is longing to be there, but he can't because he's not the high priest. He can't go in and do Aaron's duty. He was not set up by God to do that. So he's looking at the tent. He's looking at the... The, 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 the covering between, he's looking at that and, 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 and he writes Psalms 91 because he's longing to be in the presence of God that changed his life, that brought glory on him, that made him shine, that, that, that he knew him, went up there to the mountain with him and he saw God. And he said, oh man, there is a secret place that you can dwell. And folks, I'm telling you this morning, there is a secret place with God that you can dwell where the glory of God will be upon you where the anointing will be upon you, where, the, uh, where, where you will be holy and right before God, and you can sit in his presence, and his presence will change your life. It's not by ritual. It's not by religion. It's not by works. It's by faith. Now, let me read you a scripture. Go to Ephesians. No, excuse me. First, go to Colossians chapter 1, verse 21. Colossians 1, 21. And you, who were once alienated and enemies in your mind, where? In your mind, huh? So you were alienated and enemies in your mind. He's not talking here about your physical body. He's talking about your mind. In other words, the devil's lying to you. And in your mind, you believe the lie of the devil, not the truth of the word of God. You're alienated and in, in, in enemies in your mind by wicked works yet now. Everybody say now. now. He is reconciled in the body of his flesh. He is reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy blameless, and above reproach in his sight. Now, wait a minute. Doesn't that sound sort of like the same anointing when they anointed the priest and all of a sudden the guy was holy? Go to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 12. Ephesians 2, 12. That at that time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope without God in the world. 
But now, everybody say, but now. In Christ Jesus, you who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Jesus. Hello? Come on. Listen to me now, church. You were not, when you gave your heart to Jesus, anointed with ceremonial anointing oil, at the moment you gave your heart to Jesus, let me say it this way, you were anointed with his blood. The blood of Jesus that took your sin away that made you in the presence of Almighty God, holy, righteous, and unblameable. Now, let me ask you something. In the day, in the day that the priest anointed with the oil in the tabernacle, <clears throat> there, was just in, there was just ingredients. There was not like holy something from heaven sent down that he ground up. If you go read it, it was just, it was just common components. It wasn't, they weren't, I mean, they were common to that area would not be common to us, but common to that area, that they made the anointing oil out of, right? And so some was growing here, and some was growing there, and some was over here, and some was over there, and whatever, whatever, whatever. And then the guy just put it together. All he did was follow the formula, putting the ingredients in, came up with the oil, took the oil, and then they put it on the priest, he became holy, right? And they just accepted that. And they accepted it, because it worked when they went in and did the tabernacle, went into the things of the tabernacle, they weren't killed. So it worked. You don't think a priest got in there and thought, oh man, I forgot to put the oil on this morning. No, they wanted that oil. I mean, it was a big deal. Like I ain't going in there until you put the oil on me, man. Put the oil on me. It's just oil. What I'm saying, it's just a natural thing. Put on them. Boom. It became a supernatural thing. Here's where we miss it. Church, we Christians give our hearts to Jesus. We, make, we, 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 we come to this place of point of faith and we believe in Jesus. And, and, and then we, we're looking things in the natural. Because it said right there, we've been brought near by the blood of Jesus. We don't anoint you with blood when you get saved. Brother Ivan had a great service last week. People came forward and gave their lives to Christ. And we didn't go down there and anoint them with blood. Or did we? Hear what I'm saying? We didn't physically anoint them with blood, but at that moment they said, Jesus, forgive me of my sins. They were spiritually anointed in the blood of Jesus. And they became holy, unblameable, and unreprovable in the sight of God because of what the blood do does. Are y'all following me here? So they were just like the priests. They could just walk right into the, at that moment, walk into the Holy of Holies and whoo! Not by the anointing oil, but by the blood of Jesus. These guys in the tabernacle in the Old Testament were operating without the blood of Jesus. We're not. We Christians are operating with the blood of Jesus. And the anointing that comes from heaven, I want the blood of Jesus, not the old anointing oil. Now, James 5.14 says anoint with oil, so they still used oil as a symbol of, of, of the presence of God. I'm not talking about not doing that, but I'm just saying if I'm looking for something, if I'm yearning for something, if I'm longing for something, I want something greater than the old covenant anointing oil. I just want the blood of Jesus because the blood of Jesus, one drip of it makes me holy and righteous and unblameable. And how much more can you get than that? So Christians, hear me now, like those people in the Old Testament walking into the tabernacle into the outer court just bringing their sacrifices, Christians are just going to church, going about their day, going about their work, bringing a goat, a lamb, a whatever, sacrifice to Jesus and saying, Lord, forgive me of my sins today. And then they're turning around and they're leaving after they feel like they're forgiven or whatever, or they've repented, and they're just having, only fellowship they're having with the Lord is out in the outer court. Their only, their only, their only deal is, Lord, help me today. Lord, give me some wisdom today. Lord, I just want to, uh, you know, don't, 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 uh, forgive me of my sins today. Help me love oh so-and-so. Lord, I'm mad at him, but I don't, you know, I ain't going to pray about that yet. Oh, you know, hello? They're just dealing in the outer court. 
when where we need to be is in the Holy of Holies. Which you have the right to do as a child of God because you've been born again and spiritually anointed with the blood of Jesus that makes you holy and righteous and unblameable. Right to just walk in to the Holy of Holies, something Moses couldn't do in that day, but you can do now. Just walk right into the courts of heaven and say, howdy. Hebrews 10, 19. Let me show you. It's what the word says. Therefore, brethren... Having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus. How you enter in the holiest? By the blood of Jesus, not the anointing oil. <laughs> I, don't want any, I don't want any of you old Pentecostals to get mad at me about I'm not knocking the anointing oil, okay? Because, you know, it's kind of a deal in Pentecostal church. You slap oil on everything. Get a five-gallon bucket, you know, mop if you have to. Put oil all over everything, you know, like this. But I'm just saying there's something greater than the oil. It's the blood of Jesus. And we've got to get our attention focused on what's the greatest, and it's the blood of Jesus. And what he says is we enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus. That's what we're anointed with. The blood, the blood that comes over our life, the blood that sets us free. Why are we letting the devil torment us? Why are we letting the devil speak to us? Why are we letting Beelzebub get in our head and say things to us? Tell us our future isn't good. Tell us our government's going down. Tell us our country's lost. Tell us everything's going to pot. Tell us that all the perverts are going to have their way. And we're sitting there listening to it, and we don't stand up and say, no, that's not going to happen because of the blood of Jesus is over me, and I've been to heaven. Talk to the God Almighty who created the heavens and earth and all they're in, and I'm not putting up with that anymore. I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Come on, folks. This is the way we got to be. Wake up in the morning and say, I don't know. This looks terrible. Yeah, it may. But get up and get some blood going. Get up and get your, 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 your courtroom in heaven done. Go walk boldly into the throne room of grace. That's where you belong as a child of God because of the blood of Jesus. Look what he says. By a new and living way which he consecrated for us through the veil that is his flesh and having become a high priest over the house of God. What's he talking about? He's talking about the old tabernacle. It's a new and a living way. It goes through the veil. Gets right out there, man. It goes right into the throne. There's no more veil. It's his flesh. You can just walk boldly into the throne room of grace. And why do we sit around and let the devil torment us? Why do we listen to, to his lies coming to us and saying, you're not going to make it. You're not going to be successful or life so hard or this is going to happen or I don't know if I can ever change or I don't know if I could ever do that. We're going to die young. Why do we listen to that? Why don't we let the devil have a voice in our head? You know why? Because that's what we used to do. Remember the scripture I just read to you? It says that we were alienated. We're in our minds. He just comes back because he's had a whole, he's had a, 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 a path cut there, uh, you know, and it's just a highway going into your head and you've been having it, but you don't ever shut it up. You, didn't, you, you got in a new way. You got all set free over here in a new way, but you're not walking in the new way, but you're walking in the old way because that's what you know and because you hadn't been in the holy of holies, gotten close to the presence of God, got the glory on you and had a new revelation. Now, if you'd have gone to the people in the tabernacle on that day and some common person would have said, brought him some you know, sheep in there because he did committed whatever sins and want to be atoned. And he grabbed him by the hand and said, hey, buddy, come on, let's go. Uh, let's go on into the Holy of Holies. Let's talk with God. He says, oh, you kidding? I ain't going to the Holy of Holies, man. Fire, come out of there, shoot me, kill me right there, man. Sweep me up my dustpan. He said, no way I'm going in there. I'm not going in there. I'm not going in there. How many people we got today said, oh, I don't want to talk with God. Get to messing around with God, you know. Something happened to you. Something come upon you. Something, you know, something bad, you know. Get over there messing around with God. Just don't, just act like you don't seem. Maybe he won't see you. That's where a lot of people are living on the earth. They just, you know, they don't, they don't, you know, they're just like, you know, just don't look. Maybe he won't catch me. When the Bible says he knows how many hairs are on your head, he knows how many sparrows there are. And you think God doesn't know everything about you? You didn't get, you're not getting away with nothing. But no. You do the turn it around now under a new and living way, which he consecrated for us through the veil that is his flesh, having a high priest over the house of God. Let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience, right? Our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our faith without wavering for God who promised is faithful. 
Are y'all hearing what I'm saying this morning? Folks, listen to me. If you are born again, if Jesus Christ is the Lord and Savior of your life, you are supernatural. The blood is over your life. You have power and anointing and everything, every reserve that is in heaven is yours. But you're not going to get it unless you go into the Holy of Holies and dwell there with God. Desire to dwell with him. Desire to be with him. Desire to go to God's house and live with him. Now listen to me. If I invited you over to my house, hey, come on over to my house. We're going to have supper tonight. And you went into my house and you said, Laura, I don't really like the way you have the table set up here. I want to move it. You're probably going to get some resistance. Because I want to tell you, we have the table set up where I like the table set up. And you can either shut down and sit down and shut up at the table or you can leave. What do you mean come over here and want to arrange my house? Hello? But how many Christians we have going into the throne room trying to get God to rearrange things? How many Christians we have going to the, I mean, into the throne telling God that he should be doing something different? One of the first things you need to understand about going to the dwelling place and living in the dwelling place is when you go to God's house, you're going to do it God's way. And right there is where a lot of Christians just want to stay in the outer court and never want to come in because they don't want to, they don't want to change. They don't, they don't want to change. They want to do it the way they want to do it. And religion has said, oh, we've got to change our clothes, change our haircut, change our language, change this, change that. And then, you know, then you're more acceptable. But God's not interested in that. God's interested in your heart. But we don't want to change our heart. Because we still want to be mad at who we want to be mad at. We want to do what we want to do. We want to have the ability to lash somebody with our tongue if we want to lash them with the tongue. See, now I'm, I'm really <laughs> turning that screw tight. Uh huh. So it's easier as a Christian to stay in the outer court. Because all you got to do is bring your sacrifice in there, let it get killed, and you say, hey, I'm, I'm good with God and going home and do what you want to. But I'm telling you, living in victory, it's in, the, it's in the Holy of Holies. That's where you get it. But you got to be willing to go there, but you got to be willing to do it God's way and not your way. Joel chapter 2, verse 12. Joel 2, 12. Look what God told, the, told Israel. He says, now therefore, it says the Lord, turn to me with all your heart, with fasting and with weeping and with mourning. So rend your heart and not your garments. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and of great kindness, and he relents from doing harm. But look what he said. You've got to rend your heart. It is amazing to me when I look at people and I see that they're doing things that are destroying their lives, destroying their marriage, destroying their lives, whatever it be, drugs, alcohol, fighting, bickering, unforgiveness, jealousy, envy, strife, whatever it is. And they're, they just keep doing it destroying their lives, but wanting their lives to be better. And I'm like, how do you get this? It, it can't change as long as you keep doing this. But I want it to. So you want to keep doing what you're doing, but you want different results. But it doesn't work that way. And I try to convince people of that. And they're just like, well, you know, I don't know. That's just not the deal. Always in marital counseling, I quit, you know, I've quit doing that because I've Tell everybody to go to freedom prayer because I don't seem to have much success in it because somewhere along the line, I just get mad. And, uh, but, but the thing is with it is that what, what happens is, is what I don't understand is that, that you want a different result in your life, but you're not willing to do it God's way. And so then listen to this. Then people come up with doctrines. Well, I do believe in Jesus, but then, you know, maybe... Eastern meditation might help, or rubbing Buddha's belly, or I have a real problem with that. I don't mean to offend anybody that may be watching that's a Buddhist, but I just don't want an overweight God whose shirt is too short. I mean, have you ever seen he's got a shimmying shirt on and his belly's hanging out? I mean, I see that at night myself. I don't need to have a God 
you know, that's got issues, weight issues. Could be diabetic. I've gotten off. Oh, Jesus. Where was I? So, oh, here we go. So, so because you don't, want, you don't want to change, you start creating new doctrines. And the world's out there just full of new doctrines that there's multiple ways to get saved. There's multiple ways to go to, God, to heaven. There's multiple ways to have your, your prayers answered. There's multiple ways. And they come up with all these ways. And then churches create all these doctrines. What's going on with churches today? Well, we don't want to offend people. We don't want to hurt people's feelings. We don't want to make anybody feel unlovely. So we'll just accept everybody as they are. Man, there ain't nobody accepted as they are. Hear what I'm saying to you, church. There's none of us accepted the way we are. Without the blood of Jesus, we ain't none of us getting in because we're all sinners. And only sinners can be saved by grace. And so you cannot accept everything and say, well, that's love. Just love everybody. No, that is sending people to hell because you don't love them and preach the gospel to them. That's what that is. And so now we got churches out there promoting sin. Why? Because, see, we don't want to have to rend our heart, go before God into the Holy of Holies and say, God, I want it your way. Now, like I'm telling y'all, folks, get out of your religious mindsets about it's about your clothes or the way you wear your hair or the amount of jewelry or the amount of makeup or whether you, you, know, you did this or you do that that's going to make you right before God. That ain't got nothing to do with it. I don't care what you do. You can go buy an Armani suit and look as pretty as you can. Get a gold manicure every day and do whatever. Pedicure too. It ain't going to make you any closer and right to God. Hello? That ain't going to work. It's your heart. And you can be a beggar on the street with a right heart headed to heaven and the guy over there sitting in the highest bishop in a church going to hell because it's the heart. But unless you're willing to tear your heart and say, okay, I'll go into the holies. Can you imagine this? Like, like, oh, okay. You really, I can go into the holy of holies? Yeah. We put this oil on you. You can go in. Just think about this. Put this oil on you. Let me just dab you with this oil. You can go into the Holy of Holies. I don't know. I'm scared. Well, I'm telling you, you can go into the Holy of Holies, but you've got to have the blood of Jesus on you. But it's going to cost you something. It's going to, matter of fact, it's not going to cost you something. It's going to cost you everything. It's going to cost you everything. But, oh, it's worth it. There was a, old friend of mine who was a Methodist pastor and every year I'd get to listen to him give his talk on an Emmaus walk and he would always give this talk and he would use this this um, I guess it's a I don't know what you call it it's a story or something of it was called no jacket required and it was about a, a man walking down the street and looking through a window at this restaurant that all these people were just sitting in there and they were all dressed in, in glorious apparel and they were sitting in there and they were eating and it was just beautiful and the food was great and it was all this and he was outside hungry and he was dirty and, and he'd been on the streets and he would just look through that window just, oh, longing to be in there. And the, the whatever you call the guy, the maitre d' or maitre, maitre isn't that right, maitre d'? The guy stand out front. And so... He said, you want to come in? And he said, oh, I can't come in. Look at me. You know, I'm all dirty. I'm all like, he said, no, okay. He said, come on in. There's no jacket required. And he said, but I'll see all the people. And they said, it's okay. And so they brought him in and they set him down at the table. And he got to sit down and they showed him the menu and all this glorious stuff. And so he said, what would you, what would you like? And he said, oh, I'm just, you know, just, just any little thing, you know. And he said, no, you can have anything, anything. You can have anything. And he just felt like he couldn't do it. And finally he says, look, you see that man over there? And it was Jesus. And he said, he's paid for everything. Woo! And you can have whatever you want. And you see, folks, this is the way it is. Jesus is paid for everything. But we've got to be the people that are willing to walk in. We've got to be the people that are willing to walk into the Holy of Holies and sit down in the, in, in the throne room with God. You have a right to do that. You have a right to be free. You have a right to live a life in the glory of God. You have a right to have your prayers answered. You have a right...
to walk in victory. You have a right to be more than a conqueror because Jesus already paid the price for you on the cross. But you got to be willing to do it. You got to be willing to go in there and rend your heart and say, God, I'm a fool, been a fool, and I need the blood on my life. I need the blood of Jesus, Lord, on my life. And then, then allow him to clean you up. Allow him to pour the blood on you and set you free. Now, there's a scripture in Matthew 13, 12. Matthew 13, 12, and I'm, I'm going I'm to end it here because I, next week I want to get into how you're going to do this, but I just got a little bit more to say. In Matthew 13, 12, there's an interesting scripture. Jesus says, for whoever has, to him more will be given. Now, do you hear what that said? Did you get your catch? Did you catch that? Whoever has, more will be given. What's going on in the world today? They're trying to say the people that don't have, it needs to be taken away from the people that do have and give to the people that don't have. It's exactly opposite this scripture. For whoever has, to him more will be given. And he will have an abundance. But whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken from him. Hear what Jesus is saying here. He says, if you're, let me just paraphrase it like this. Jesus says, if you'll start your walk with me and you'll give me your heart and you'll take the little bit that you got in believing in me and, and you'll keep your faith going, well, then I'll keep stretching your faith and keep building your faith and keep growing your faith and keep getting you bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. But if you're not willing to give me anything, he says, well, then you're going to lose what you got. Yes, Christianity cost us. Yeah, it cost you all your life of shipwreck. You think about this. You see, what are you giving up? Well, I like going and doing what I do. Okay, how's it working out for you? How's it working for you? I said that to a guy in a jail one time, almost got punched. I was preaching that day, and, and I, I, they used to, over in the old Hondo jail, and there was no place for, uh, for anybody to have services, but they had to have services required by the state, and so we filled the bill to go over there and be the guinea pig, but they had no place to put them, so they had to take all the prisoners out, turn them all loose, and put them out in the, what's called the sally port where the cars come in, just lock both ends, and there was just this big room, and it was just me and all the guys. And so, um, first I was scared. I figured they are going to kill me, you know. And then it got just easier, and they respected me, and everything was good, and I'd been over there for a while. And then one day there was just this guy, I was preaching, and this guy was just, everything I'd say, I'd say, you know, Jesus loves you. <laughs> and he'd just do that to me and just mock me, you know. And so a little bit, I, after a while, I got mad, you know, which is not good. You don't want to get out of the grace of God when you're in the middle of a jail. And uh, so I went over to the guy and said, hey, what is your problem? And he said, I don't believe anything you're saying. He said, there ain't no God. I said, really? He said, yeah, there ain't no God. I said, so what do you believe? He said, I just believe in doing whatever you want. You know, I know what I'm doing. He told me it's line of bull. And I said, ha, good. How's that working for you? And I guess no one had ever said anything like that to him. And he just looked at me and he's like, he stopped for a minute. And he's looked down and he says, you know, you got a point there, preacher. I said, yeah, we're in jail. And you're, you're going to prison. And, uh. How's that faith and belief system work for you? And that day, that man gave his heart to Jesus. And I know I'm going to see him in heaven. Because it was as true of repentance as I've ever seen in my life. Point being, what about us? You see, are we just going to hang in around the outer court? Just going up and making our sacrifices and just being okay that your sins are atoned for? And that if you die, you're going to go to heaven? Or do you want victory in life? You want to have a great marriage, a great life, a great, uh, a great victory, a great, uh, you know, prayer time in the morning with God. You want to see angels. You want to see miracles. You want to see signs and wonders. You want to see all the things that the Bible prophesies and proclaims over you. You want to see what Jesus said when he says, the works that I do, those works you're going to do, but even greater. You want to see that happen? Well, you're not going to see it out in the outer court. You're only going to see it in the Holy of Holies. That's the only place you're going to see it. 
You're going to see it when you get your relationship right with Jesus and you go in there, man, you can't wait up to get up in the morning and go get you a cup of coffee and get your Bible out. When you get to the place in life where you want to stay in the holy place, that's where you want to dwell. You want to, I don't, you don't, you don't care how uncomfortable God's chair is. He sets you in. Have you ever been to someone's house or, 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 or an office or something like that? And somebody had a really uncomfortable chair and you just sat in it for a while and you're just like, golly, just let this thing get over. This thing's killing my back. Hello? Why? Because you want to be comfortable. But in the Holy of Holies, I don't care how uncomfortable I am. I don't care if the fire is pretty hot that day and God's saying, Robert, what, what are you doing? I mean, the other day I got chastised by the Lord. He said, what are you even thinking about that? And I mean, he got on to me. And I was like, yeah, you're right. I just been listening to the devil. <clears throat> Sorry. But you know, that's how you do it. That's life. I'm not going back out in the outer court. I'm going back and staying in the Holy of Holies. I'm going to repent, get the blood of Jesus over my life, and get on back in. That's what you do, folks. That's what you do. That's a life, living a life with Jesus. Now, listen to me. I want to end with this. I said I was going to end with that, but I want to end with this. I'm just going to close it. You see, I think y'all know me well enough to know that I want, I want to help every one of you. I want to see victory. I want to see everybody out there. Everybody, I want to see people that I'm around. I want, I want to help people. I don't, I'm not, like I said, I'm not in this for fun. I'm in this to see people get helped. So I want to help, help people, but I can't help you if you just want to stay in the outer court. Really, all I can do is lead you to Jesus, get you saved, which that's a glorious thing to be saved. Hello? Knowing that you're going to heaven and not hell. But I can't do anything else about the direction of your life unless you want to go to the Holy of Holies. You got to be willing, you got to be wanting to go to the Holy of Holies. You got to be wanting to go in there, and no matter how uncomfortable God's furniture may be, you're going to sit in it, and quit trying to move his table around. Hello? So the Bible's real simple, you know, Romans chapter 10, verse 9. To be saved, to come into the outer court and be saved. I mean, all you had to do was, Romans 10, 9 says, if you confess with your mouth, you believe in your heart in Jesus Christ. Whew. I just got another whole message. Y'all want to stay around for another couple hours? Because you see, Jesus Christ, the word Christ means anointed or the Messiah. He's the anointed one that came from heaven just like the priests were the ones that were assigned to anoint somebody with oil and that person was then consecrated and holy, Jesus came to this earth to be the one sent from heaven to us to anoint us with his blood that makes us holy and righteous. So do you believe that? Or do you just believe that Jesus is a man? As a lot of people in the world just believe Jesus is a man. Or he was a prophet. Hello? Do you know that in the Quran, they believe that Jesus was a prophet? It's written about Jesus in there. He was a prophet and he ascended to heaven. But they just don't believe he was the son of God. He was the one that could anoint you and wash your sins away. He was the anointed Messiah, the son of the living God. But he says, if you confess with your mouth and believe that that's who Jesus is, he is the Messiah. He's the one anointed from heaven to come to earth to set us free. It says, that man will be saved. Think about that. It says, if that's what you believe, Jesus, I believe you're the son of God. I believe you died on a cross for me. I believe that, Lord, my sins are forgiven because of you. It's just like the priest anointing on Thule, and you become holy and sanctified. And that's all a person has to do. So if you're out there watching, listening, or you're in here, all you have to do is simply that. And the high priest Jesus will anoint you with his blood and your sins will be forgiven. Now, if you want to go into the holy of holies, that's what I want to get into next week. And I want to show you how to get into the holy of holies, but I want to show you also what it's going to cost you. Because it costs you everything. But I'm telling you, it's well worth it. Hello? How many of y'all, you know, like you, 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 if you're like me, I, I, I'm, I want to buy something. 
And then I, I want to know I'm buying the best because I don't like to be taken advantage of. That's one of my greatest fears, to be taken advantage of. I hate to be taken advantage of. I don't want to buy something, get it in, and it's cheesy, right? And so I, I try to do research, but I'm not good at researching. Like I get on the phone, and, 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 and I'm like, a, I must be the sucker for everybody then saying, oh, Robert's on the phone, send him a bunch of junk and see if he'll look at our junk. That's me. I, I, I don't know. It doesn't work. Everybody else finds intelligent stuff on the phone. I end up with, you know, everybody trying to take me to their company to buy their stuff and tell me that it's the best. And I don't know why. Is that happening to you, brother? I mean, that's all I do. It's just stupid. I'll spend hours and I get nowhere. Okay. Because they're all just targeting me to get me to buy some other piece of junk. So it's very hard for me to find truth. So then I get to where I just want to go to the store and look at it. But you can't do that. Right? Because we ain't got no store around here. So then that's going to force me to go elsewhere. And then that's not worth going. So then I go back and I spend more hours trying to find this. Well, I can just tell you this. God's real simple. He doesn't want us involved in all the the trying to find out truth from him. He wrote it all down in the, in the word. And he just said, if this is you believe it, then this is it. There's no, other, there's no other way. You see what I'm saying? There's no other, you don't have to worry about that you're getting ripped off because they just wrote a better review than this company did. Like I'm big on just looking at a website. Like if I look at a website and it looks dinky, I'm off. And it may, they may have the best product, but if they didn't present it to me right, I ain't going to watch. Always think it's some Chinese conspiracy or something. Okay? So anyway, my point is, God made it real simple. He said, if you will believe in your heart, you will be saved. How much simpler could it be? Not if you jump through the hoop, not if you do this, not if you do that. Your salvation, you can rest and rest in that Jesus has anointed you with his blood just like they did the, the priest, and you're saved. Wow. That's powerful, right? Just like those priests, when they anointed them, they could go do their job. So if you don't have that assurance in your life, and you want that today, if you're out there watching, you don't have that, I can't touch you, but I can pray for you. Those of you in here, matter of fact, we have a prayer team today. So if we got a prayer team, somebody can come up here up front and be here. But if we, and y'all can just come on up here because I'm going to close this. I got to, I just want to keep going because I got another two messages now since I've kept talking. So I want to keep going. So I'll get three and I'll have three weeks worth before I get to the house. But anyway, I got to stop. I don't know if y'all can tell, but I'm a little excited about this message. It just really has opened my heart, opened my mind and opened my eyes and everything to see this. But if you're in here today and you're not really sure you're right with God or you're just, this is ministering to you and you want to come forward and, and even rededicate your life or whatever, we got people up here to pray for you, okay? And they will just pray with you and you can just get that high priest to anoint you. Whee! Amen? And so, come here, Trace, and get over here. Uh, and so, those of you out there, I want to pray with you right now. I want to pray with you all that are out there right now. Father, I just declare in Jesus' name that everybody out there watching, listening, wherever they are over the broadcast or anywhere in the world, I just declare today, Lord God, that they have given their hearts to you, that, Lord, that you touch them wherever they are, that they confess with their mouth, they believe in their hearts, and, Lord, you touch them there. I just believe you, Lord, right now today here in this room that we have people that have hearts that want to be touched by you. They want to go into the holy of holies. They want to go in to that place with you. And so, Lord, I just praise you for that. I ask you today, Lord God, that you open up their eyes and their understanding so that, Lord, their lives will never, ever be the same. Because we want to go in there and we want to find out, Lord, what we're really supposed to be doing as Christians. And so, Lord, bless them right now. Lord, I just ask you to bless them, and I ask you to touch their lives, and I ask you that today will, they will not leave here the same because they've been touched by you. And God, I praise you for it. Lord, I thank you for it. In Jesus' mighty name. Now, I want everybody just to stand up that's in here. I want you just to look at that person around you and say, hey, I want to go to the Holy of Holies. 
Now I'm going to bless you. And if you want, there are all our prayer people up here. Maybe you just need to be praying for something else. Maybe something's just on your heart about praying for somebody or whatever. We're up here to pray for you, but bless them, Lord. Let them, as they go out into the world, be lights and salt and just blessings. And Lord, I praise you for it in Jesus' mighty name. Amen, amen, amen. God bless you, church.